And slowly, uh, exercising the mind as you would exercise your muscles, I got better and better at it. And it allowed for when we did have a client to, that would leave, um, my mind didn't go to those negative places anymore. It's like, okay, let's see what we can learn from that. And I just kind of look at it instead of the world's crumbling to, oh, that's just a car passing by. Let's see what we can learn from that car. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast. My name is Morgan Dix, and this is a show about meditation, mindfulness, and health. And today, I am delighted to share with you my interview with Bud Torkum. So I got introduced to Bud when he reached out to me, I think it was via LinkedIn, and he was really jazzed about the podcast, and he uh, mentioned that he owned a company and was integrating meditation into his office. And I thought that was really fascinating. So we got to talking over LinkedIn and I thought, hey, I love exploring meditation and mindfulness at work. Let's do a podcast. So that's what this show is about today. It's really interesting. So Bud is the CEO and co-founder of Mazama Media, a digital marketing agency that offers social and digital media solutions for businesses. And I'll create a link for his business in the show notes. But so it's a great interview. I think you're going to love it. Bud shares tons of knowledge and information about and and really the story of his process of integrating all, all the people he works with into this whole meditation context. So there are a few spots in the show today where the audio gets a little fuzzy. It doesn't last, so just hang in there. It gets a little bumpy at a few times. So, okay, that's it. Let's jump into the show with Bud Torkum. All right, Bud, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for reaching out to me on LinkedIn and starting that discussion about meditation in the workplace, and, and I'm really excited to unpack that topic today. Yeah, so am I. Thanks for having me, by the way. Yeah, my pleasure. So why don't we just, like, I'd love to start in the beginning here in these interviews and can you just share with our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then what's your path? How did you end up getting into meditation personally, and then how did you get to the point where you decided, hey, this is something that's important to me enough that I want to integrate it into my actual business with my employees? Got it. So... um I'm the CEO and co-founder of Mazama Media. We're a digital uh, marketing company with an emphasis on Facebook and Instagram ads and uh, engagement. This is due to um, Facebook hand-selecting us to be on their small business council. And we um, were invited annually uh, out to their headquarters and they fly us out and we go over what's coming, uh, test different things and mm -hmm. be able to improve on the real specifics of the platforms. I started the company uh, with my wife four and a half years ago out of our house, and uh, it's grown to like going into an office and then outgrowing that office and outgrowing that office and outgrowing that office and outgrowing that office. So five times, and now we're in one that should suffice for the next three to four years. Wow. 
Yeah, we're we're a team of about twenty five now, and the square footage is uh, about seven thousand. And before we were like, okay, we're in three hundred square feet. Now we're in like five hundred. Now we're in a thousand. Now two thousand, and now seven thousand should keep us um, happy for a while. Yeah. Um, meditation. I always have known about it through my life, as anybody does know what the concept is. And as I think a lot of Americans probably think of it, especially business-minded um, people, is I don't need that foo-foo, hippie crap in my life. And I was thinking that. And um, I started to bring on um, more and more stress as the company grew. You know, we would... Uh, we have a really high success rate with clients, but even with a 92% success rate, mm-hmm. that means that you do have 8% that are leaving. And when one leaves, that did create a lot of stress and anxiety within me. Yeah. And what did I do wrong? What's going on? Is the company going to go under? And I, I would notice my mind just going to these worst possible scenarios, even though the company is growing. We lose somebody, and, and I, my mind could just all of a sudden it would just go to like we're going out of business, which is right. far from the truth. But if you don't practice your mind, and if you don't practice things like meditation, in my case, um, stoicism, then it's easy to happen. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself as the leader of the business starting to take everything on yourself. And then that it, the, and that just makes the problem worse. You think you're doing a justice. You're like, okay, well, I'll make sure that I do this all from now on because we lost that thing because of this and that uh, and that person. And then you're just doing a huge disservice to the company and to your own well-being. And you can find yourself without calming down, without mitigation and delegation, uh, working 70, 80-hour weeks, which so many entrepreneurs do. And um, I, I never do more than... 40, 45 sometimes, yeah. sometimes, but never more than 40. And during the weekends, I'm really off. I'm, I'm not, I'm not working. I might nice. come up with an idea. Don't get me wrong. I might be skiing and be like, Oh, that'd be a really good concept for a creative or an ad set or whatever the case might be. And I'll make a little jot on my phone about it, but I don't be like, okay, I'm going to do it right now. I'm like, no, I'll do that on Monday. So meditation, I tried and failed three years ago, I think by just uh, researching the concept of it, of like counting your breaths. Yeah. And I would just try to sit still and do that. And it's incredibly hard. So you're just yes. like sitting and you're trying to, you're just trying to think of nothing. You're like, okay, breath one, breath two, breath three. What are we going to do about that new client? No. Oh, no, sorry for the swearing, but yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's, fine. that's what it is. Different places, right? And you're like, okay, I'll start over. One, two. What are we gonna do for dinner? Ah, oh, gosh darn it! And so, I, I, you know, I tried for probably four or five days, and I gave up. And then I revisited it about a year and a half later, which would be about a year and a half ago from present day. And uh, I did it with a guided meditation app um, called Calm. And Mm -hmm. that made it very doable. Now I had a pleasant, relaxing female voice, uh, if you want, if you prefer male headspace as a male voice. And I was, she was guiding me through those breaths, what to do, telling me it was okay when my mind goes in different places and then not be mad at myself, but just bring it back to the breath. 
And slowly, uh, exercising the mind as you would exercise your muscles, I got better and better at it. And it allowed for when we did have a client to, that would leave, um, my mind didn't go to those negative places anymore. It's like, okay, let's see what we can learn from that. And I just kind of look at it instead of the world's crumbling to, oh, that's just a car passing by. Let's see what we can learn from that car. Okay. Learn something from that car. We'll apply it to the next ones. That That's cool. So all right, I, I have a couple questions about this. The pressure was building and you were noticing this anxiety rising in your experience and the pressure and then you started to take on more of these tasks instead of delegating them because you felt like, okay, you know, obviously I need to do this because, you know, the person who is doing it isn't isn't able to or they're they're just coming up short whatever and and but yeah, it's, I, it's trap 101 on uh, the difference between like a merchant mindset and an entrepreneur mindset um right and a merchant is the one that does it all themselves and they'll never scale so I, the stress and anxiety is actually I, th- I thought i was doing a good thing but it's actually hurting us right okay so it's it's building and then what was like so there must have been like a trigger point. What was that moment where you just said, okay, this is important enough to me that I'm going to sit down. I, I've tried once, but I gotta, I'm going to try Calm. I'm going to try mm-hmm. this Calm app. And then when did you know that it was starting to really work for you? When I started to... Um... When I started, when I got addicted to business books, um, a few of them, I forgot which one exactly, but my addiction to reading business books, that's only a two-year-old addiction that I hope never ends, and books on philosophy. And a few of them were, you know, bringing it up from time to time. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly who tipped me off on that exact Mm-hmm. Um, I think Headspace was the first one I listened to, and I liked it. Don't get me wrong; I just ended up preferring preferring Calm more personally. Um, they're yeah. both great, but that was just my go-to. But I, I was uh, basically working on myself as a leader, and I started working on our culture uh, instead of one worrying about the next client and how we're going to grow. I, I mean, don't get me wrong; I was, but I was I started to make a big shift towards culture and our. And this new BHAG of mine of creating an anxiety and stress-free workplace in American society for a, a successful company, yes. which we aren't at, by the way, um, right now. I don't know if it's ever completely um, going to be attainable, but I, I think it can be. But if that's one of those things where that's what a BHAG is supposed to be, a big, hairy, audacious goal, you know, something that, uh, you know, you're shooting for the stars. And if you land on the moon, then that, that that's going to be a success. Yeah. Uh, and that's where like the meditation um, chamber that we created, what came from and a library that we created and making sure that my team uh, doesn't feel the way that I used to feel when they personally lose an account because, you know, we have a team of 25 and each one handles a certain number. And so when we lose one, that's inevitably somebody's account and they can end up that can end up stressing them out I'm, I'm sure it can and so if it's not stressing me out there's no reason why it should stress them out. i don't want that cortisol running through their veins there's no reason for that right so 
And gosh, people, if you're listening to this, I just keep on talking about losing clients, right? We've been growing for a reason. We do a really good job, but there is that occasional thing where these stresses come from. And that's what this podcast of course. is on. I mean, every business, <laughs> every business loses clients and yeah, customers. It's going to happen. So yeah. yeah, that, you know, all, I'm, I'm sure all those business books, they're always saying like, and especially the Stoics, man, they're all about failure is just the obstacle is the way, you know? Yeah. So that obviously was true for you because it it seems like it was your path to meditation. It catalyzed your kind of picking this up and running with it. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. And so, uh, go ahead. Well, so yeah. So before we get into the meditation chamber and all that, because I, I really want you to share how that came into being and what it is and, and, and how that how that works within your organization. Like I still want to just focus in a little bit on your experience personally with meditation. Um, sure. So you're doing, you, you know, you started doing this calm app and mm -hmm. you, you started to see results. Just take us in there a little bit more. Like what happened? Like, what did you notice? Sure you know, in detail, like what was different and when did that move from being a personal kind of shift for you to then, you know, realizing, oh, I want to integrate this culturally. Yeah. So like, yeah, if you can take us in your personal. Yeah. Um, so when I started, I, I noticed it a lot like, um, you know, working out, you know, you watch your muscles just kind of get bigger a little bit over mm -hmm. time um sometimes you can see a little in a day but it's mostly over the course of like weeks you're like oh look at the biceps come along my um, pectorals are this is looking good you know you start feeling good about yourself and it was the same case with the mind so instead of being like one two three shoot i just thought about that it was now more like you know 30 shoot you know um yeah into the 40s and then it got into where like i wasn't counting anymore and I was just more of just completely focusing on my breath and uh, kind of losing all concept of time and anything going on around me. And then I just uh, would be able to walk away from that being like, okay, things are good. Everything's mm. good. I have like a roof over my head and a, a vibrant team. And 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 then that, that started to lead into you know, taking care of my body better. And I, I started to go like plant-based. And so when I started becoming plant-based and realizing what I'm putting in my body, that ended up giving me a lot more uh, energy. And now I'm like, okay, my mind is becoming incredibly clear. Um, and I'm not having a problem that I'd have before is I'd have, um, and I still, I still have them, but I, I, I could go through like swings of just emotion of right, just right. agree to to being hungry to stress eating all stuff and that that all that's all actually completely stopped mm. i actually go long periods of time without eating and it's not because i'm doing it to punish myself at all it's just that i used to eat because i enjoyed it now i eat because my body is telling me i'm hungry yeah and there's a lot to be said on meditation helping that I'm actually just thinking about it now as I, I think it's been helping as I'm talking to you out loud. 
but being able to practice the mind and not having it run all the time and having it being concentrated mm. stopped me opening up a refrigerator door just because it was something to do and be looking around. Like I was like, no, I have other things to do on, um, that are more important. And I'm not malnourished by any chance. I'm, I'm in great shape now. My um, blood pressure has gone down significantly. And um, and I before that, I was I was on the road to be on uh, blood pr- pressure medication. Wow. Uh, and now I'm like 80 over 100, which is, I, I couldn't believe well, the rest of my family is on blood pressure medication and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not needing that at all. And uh, it, it was just kind of like being able to listen to people too. I would be, uh, I, I would honestly listen to people and 90% of the time just be thinking, what am I going to say to what they're saying? as opposed to actually listening and bringing it all in mm. and understanding what they're saying. And that's because my mind was able to be focused on the conversation mm-hmm. where if you're not, if you're not used to meditating and everything, I mean, do a little study with yourself, like go and talk to somebody. I don't care if it's up about business and casually and just kind of notice where is your mind going? Are you listening or are you thinking what you're going to say next? Yeah. I tend to do that as a practice, as a mindfulness practice. If I if I ever find I'm drifting away, I just I come back. It's a it's a natural tendency of mindfulness, I think, that you're pointing to. Mm-hmm. So basically that meditating daily and by the way, I, I just do ten minutes and I, I so I was doing ten minutes and I still am. I ended up coupling that with isolation tanks. And that really allowed my mind to be free. Yeah. And those were, and still are a real nice vacation of the mind. I don't recommend them. I, I, I did do them like three years ago before I meditated at all. And to be honest, I was just in there going like, what's going on? I'm supposed to, okay, count my breaths and that's okay. I'll try that. And uh, you know, it was okay. But after I was practicing meditation for, I think it was like four or five months and then I got in there Oh, that was a way different experience. Way better. Way more enlightening. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so then being able to basically watching mindfulness allow me to sleep better, allowing me to eat better, allowing me to listen to people better, allowing me to push away anxieties and stress and build culture is where I was just like, you know, we should have meditation chamber for our team and you know it's used daily but i'm also not one uh i'm not somebody who forces meditation upon anybody i'll inform them about it and if they want to do it great and i'm also not somebody who forces veganism on anybody i'm just like yep these are my results you don't have to do it i will go out to dinner with you and you can eat the biggest steak in the world and i'm not going to make you feel like crap but i'm not going to i'm also not going to take a bite Right. So I'm not one of those kind of people that is like, oh, well, you're going to die young and everything like that. If you don't get into this and your life's going to be miserable, say, hey, listen, this has just been my results. And if you like it, then this is the path I took. Here's the app I used. And this is what I watched when it came to informing me on plant-based. This is what I read when it came to that. Also, if like they really start liking what I'm talking about, then I might introduce them to Stoicism, uh, letters from uh, Seneca, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, to Lucilius. And... Uh, some people run with it. Others say just do, just nod and say they will. Yeah, I don't mind. I just try to. The main people I try to help is here at my team. 
but I'm yeah. down to help everybody who's willing to listen. But I, I, I feel like our society is for the most part kind of, you know, your average Joe kind of laughs at the idea of meditation. Well, so it sounds like, well, one, it sounds amazing. It sounds like there was a kind of, there was a confluence of factors and then meditation was right in the middle. And it's it, from at least the way you're talking about it, it sounds like it was an extremely transformational catalyst that triggered a whole array of changes in your life. Like you said, your, how you sleep, how you eat, how you don't eat, your relationships with people. It sounds like it was a kind of multi-level, multi dimensional switch. That, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah, it really was. I would say that big aha moment was was being able to real to look at a client walking away as to go from oh my gosh, we're going out of business to yeah, that's just a car passing by the road and we can learn a few things from that and, and we'll be able to apply it to the next one. That that's a big deal. So you, there was a moment in time when, when that happened and you recognized it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. It actually was because of the app, the app. I mean, that, that analogy came from, came from headspace. Actually got to give credit to that. I think it was in day eight or nine and I ended up switching to calm, but it doesn't matter. They both work well, but give credit to credit to that analogy was given there. And at first I was like, okay, we'll see. And then as I continued to practice and my mind got better and better, at letting go, then I was able to actually be like, wow, this makes sense. I'm yeah. seeing it now. Yes. Wow. That's, that is a great story. So, all right. So, so you have this experience and then like, can you share with us then how did that then transform and grow? Cause obviously that was a powerful seed that was sort of burgeoning inside of you and you were seeing these results and then you realized it sounds like at a certain point you had a vision or an impulse to start this meditation chamber to you know to kind of weave this into your business. One, what what is it like? What is the meditation room? And then what was that vision that you had for it? And how is how does yeah. that work? Well, it's what it is. Is it's a nook that's probably. Oh, I'm bad at square feet, but let's call it 30 square feet. And there's a couch in it. There's a massage chair and there's a really nice like down bean bag. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a Japanese dojo type door in front of it. Nice. Yeah. We didn't really know what to do with that weird section of the office when we first had it. We had like, um, like a coffee table in there and we're like, yeah, because there's a bunch of windows in there and you can look out into nature and stuff and it's great but nobody was going in there and drinking coffee. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just like, uh, I really wanted to bring like some sort of a, a, an area to escape. And I also didn't want to, I, I didn't, you know, we call it the meditation room and people do go in there, do it. I certainly do. And I have other team members that do. And then I have some that go in there to just like take a nap and they go and relax and, and they have their own way of unwinding. As I said before, I'm not one to be like, you only go in there to meditate. You can use calmer sure. headspace. I'm like, no, you do right. whatever you need to do to stop looking at a computer screen all day. And we also have like a ping pong table and and like a cornhole and stuff like that just to allow people to walk away from, from those screens Yeah, because uh, since we're a digital marketing company. So that's what it's like. And, uh, 
you know, introduced it and it's been, uh, it's actually been used uh, more than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly thought I was just like, you know, with these 25 people millennials, uh, they, you know, they're going to, they're going to do what they're going to do, but I, I might be the only one that's ever in there, but I would say it's used anywhere from five to seven times a day. Um, wow. and there's no, uh, we don't have like set break times. It's like, okay, it's 10, 15 time for your 15 minute break and you take your break whenever you want. And, uh, as long as you want, as long as you get your job done, we don't care. So yeah, it's, it's nice to know that, uh, that there's a sign that says I'm working. It's like, come on in. And then you flip it around and says I'm working on my inner peace. And it's like something from Kung Fu Panda or something. Oh, you see, you, you have a, you have a sign that says that. Yeah. And you flip it over when you're in there and, meditating so it's good to see it flipped over daily yeah that is cool so was that you did you come up with that sign i'm working on my inner peace no no it's my team my team comes up with all sorts of fun stuff that's awesome i'll have an idea and then they'll just make it super fun Um, yeah one of the things we do here is like we make sure we have fun at work it's one of our core values it's a hashtag that we've been getting to go on linkedin a bit hashtag have fun at work or no hashtag fun at work but you'll, if you do that on LinkedIn, you'll start seeing a bunch of stuff from us. Cool. Yeah. So, and then did you like make an announcement to the staff where you're like, Hey guys, I want to do this. How did that work? And do you notice anything like in general in the kind of culture, like a ripple or a wave that's gone out since you started that? How do you relate to that? Yeah. Well, that's, that would be hard to pinpoint because the meditation area, was released at the same time of like the push for me to for us to be creating this like stress-free anxiety-free workplace which again i'm not going to sit here and say we're at because we're not it takes it takes time and it's been something that i've been pushing on for uh probably about eight to ten months something like that and what i've been noticing is before we would have people who would get downright emotional about certain clients and would be brought to tears and with this new movement i've been seeing that happen a lot less and mm-hmm. i've been really happy about that and and it's also coupled with like we have a powder policy where if it snows more than four inches you could take the morning off and uh and go ski on a, on mount bachelor which is 15 minutes from us and so that brings wow. a lot of like happiness into the workplace <laughs> i bet uh, it does yeah we have a monthly masseuse that comes and uh, gives massages while they're on the clock. And and there's all these like things that are a combination of the push. And, and then the, the Mazama Library also started about around that time too, probably about 10 months ago, about that, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of books in there about the, business, about marketing. A lot of them are on like, like one in there that I really encourage people to read is um, – uh, leaders eat last by Simon Sinek, and, and he breaks down well the chemicals going off in your brain uh, from cortisol to serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin, and what they all mean, and um, how to make sure you're having more oxytocin in your life and less cortisol is the main thing. So it's kind of like. Uh, it's a push from up and it's been trickled down a bit where when we do have those angry emails that occasionally come in or calls, you know, I'll just be jumping at somebody right away and being like, Hey, listen, it's okay. Like we're going to be fine. Yeah. 
we know what we need to do. And if it gets like some, I, I, I fire clients too. So there'll be clients that are just being irate to, um, some of my team and I'll be like, well, we're done. And they're like, what? I'm like, yep. It's not, your money is not worth stressing out my team. Yeah. I mean, occasional, like have to work on this and that fine, but for what you're doing, you're making, you've made them cry. Not worth it. I don't care. We'll find other people. And they're like, well, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, wait, nothing. I'm sorry. We're done. So, uh, so you've done that. You've just terminated a relationship with a client based on their just toxic rock star behavior. Yeah. About four times. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Well, think about what it does to your team. Do you think yeah. you better because of that? Do you think you're going to be able to retain really good talent if they're just freaked out from this person? What's right. more important to you, your good team member or a client? Well, that's, that's great leadership, man. Oh, I got a lot to work on, but thank you. Well, yeah, but who, who doesn't? I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's another stoic thing. It's like, well, you know, I'm glad this is the only fault you're seeing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you knew the rest. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I definitely, um, have, a a lot of faults to, to work on. Um, but, but that's the thing is like knowing that and admitting that I, I might, I might have a fault for admitting my faults too much. Who knows? <laughs> I'm always saying that well, I might lose pizzazz after a while. Like, yeah, bud, we know you're not good at that. Yeah, bud, we know you're not good at that. Well, I'm just letting you guys know. <laughs> yeah. Being well, vulnerable is a good thing though. It shows that you're human and then it makes your team, allows your team to come and help you. Yeah. If you act like you know everything then you have a team behind you, then they're just going to depend on you the whole time. And you're going to get stuck in this freaking non-delegation heck hole from where you're working 80 hours a week. Yeah. And as, as, as men, we've, we've got, uh, we've got some ground to make up historically for our gender. So oh, you think? We, <laughs> we don't suffer from a lack of overconfidence. That's for sure. No. So yeah. I, I, I think erring on the side of the, what, what you're proposing is, is I think the right direction. That's for sure. I, I, that's, that's how I feel anyways. Yeah. No, yeah. But, um, no, men suck. Yeah. yeah Overall, man. we really suck. We do <laughs> horrible things <laughs> like take the world for granted, everything like that. We were actually on uh, Facebook, uh, had us on hashtag she means business. When we represented the Pacific Northwest on this live event that happened. I think it was last international business day. So about a year ago and we had a panel because my company is actually 60, either 60 or 65% women. And there, it's not that because I'm like, I want to have like gender equality for all. I was like, no, it's actually because they just kick ass. They did the best during the interviews and they're rising to the top for a reason. They're awesome. Yeah. But cool. yeah, that's, an, that's a whole nother topic. Definitely another topic, a big one. Um, <laughs> but certainly I think, you know, everything we're talking about, it's a, it's a deep a deeply human thing, but you know, it certainly would contribute to the end of a um, to toxic masculinity culture that has prevailed. That's f that's for sure. And mm -hmm. but it's very it's very inspiring to hear you talk about how some of these principles have integrated your into your leadership style and very directly into your decision making around how you conduct your business, how you run your business and how you take care of your, 
your employees and relate to your clients. I think that's that's pretty awesome, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, we still have a lot of stuff to work on and become better at, and we never will be done at doing that. But I I know we're on a much different path than most of corporate America, which is um, fear for your job every day and and be condemned all day and never know about what you're doing right and only about what you're doing wrong. We try to do the opposite of that, make sure right. knows what they're doing right and continue them, continue the praise coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, w- I would imagine that's a key part of reducing the cortisol and increasing the uh, dopamine. Yeah. And the best way you can get anybody to do anything is really through praise. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, so that that does lead to an interesting point, which is just, you know, what you said betrays your uh, betrays your perspective as a leader. So that's something obviously fundamentally informs your perspective because you you know you have this company and then you have twenty five people working for you and you're you're you know you're you're managing this whole organization and you're you have this unique opportunity, a unique perspective to create culture and not, you know, obviously we're all participating in creating culture in our own ways, but, you know, as a, a leader of an organization, you're in a unique position to kind of create and uh, incubate a sort of different cultural memes, as it were. I don't mean like social media memes. I mean like, you know, different currents of culture i think you've been you've been talking about them through this whole mm-hmm. interview but uh i do think that's interesting and you kind of see how like at least from my vantage point our whole conversation you see how like you reached a breaking point in yourself around this sort of stress and anxiety and and came to a point where you're like okay this is untenable. I don't want to, I don't, I don't like being this person, but also it just, it sucks. (laughs) You know, it's, it actually is uncomfortable. It's unpleasant. You know, I'm, I'm, it's not the life I want to live. And then, you know, you, you engaged in your own transformation and then boom, you kind of start to see how that filters out and into culture. I think that's, that's really interesting to me. That's a, it's just an interesting dimension of this conversation around meditation and, and you know where we're at culturally with it. And ultimately, it's just why it's important for leaders to embrace it. And, and I, would, I would say that it's an interesting, it's an interesting moment because I, I think historically, like you were pointing to a little bit earlier, traditional sort of business cultures I think would eschew meditation and just be like, no, it it is like you said, kind of woo woo or foo foo. But now we're hearing like you have your wall street kind of Titans embracing it. You have Harvard business review writing about it like a lot and saying, you know, mindfulness is a must have for the C-suite. And I, I think in that context, what you're doing is almost more important because you're shifting the balance in leadership and business culture in general. And you know, that it doesn't it doesn't stay confined to you. And I, I just anyways, 
I don't want to kind of like overdo it, but I just think it's just very interesting. I think there's a lot of potential in this. Yeah, the I, I the C suite understanding to meditate that uh, it's definitely important, but to what you're saying, it's important for all human beings to do it. I don't care what industry you're in. Oh or yeah, how high in the totem pole you are. Yeah, that, I I don't think those are like, mutually um, exclusive. You know, definitely. No, they're definitely not. I mean, if you're a C level executive, you have a lot of stress and everything. But what do you think about the people that are on the front lines in the trenches? dealing with clients and everything like that. And, and some of and some companies that are being forced to work ridiculous hours and get little to no recognition or purpose for doing so. Yeah, definitely. If you think it's important for the people at the top, what about the people talking to the clients? Well, yes. I think my point is that what you're doing is an example of leaders who are in a position like the C-suite are to bring that into their cultures. And, you know, maybe maybe it's isolated, but it's not isolated with you. So I th- I just think there's an interesting there's an interesting trend happening which you represent. I don't I don't think it's isolated where you have these leaders and it's starting to filter in and they're starting you know, and it's slow, but it's mm-hmm. happening. It's definitely happening. Oh well, good. I'm glad. I <laughs> hopefully uh, a leader will listen to this. I'm sure a few will, um, many will, but hopefully this hits home to at least one, and then we'll we'll do our, done our job, our good deed for today. Definitely. Well, I mean, so there's a guy I interviewed for the show who is a New York Times reporter, and he did a book called Mindful Work, which mm-hmm. that really hits on this point and he you know he just catalogs this arc of meditation really sort of flowing into the workplace across all these sectors and you know it it's worth checking it out because you you know you'll see this is a you know it's a deeper trend it's a deeper shift in our corporate culture it was called what Mindful work, and the author is David Gels, if I remember correctly. And great book. It's a it's a easy read. He's very readable and engaging. And given what you're doing, I think you're gonna love it. And for everyone listening, yeah, you may have listened to the interview I did with David Gels. It's like it's short, thirty minutes, where you can kind of get a snapshot of some of the stuff. But the book is really fantastic and and i recommend it highly i'll do both yeah well i think you'll recognize a lot of what you're doing in there but then there's going to be other ways in which like you know you're doing it in a unique way that's very interesting and i just i think all that's why at least that's for me personally like that's why i wanted to highlight your approach because it's it's just different. All all of them are different, but it sounds like you also have a a pretty hands-on relationship with your employees. It's a lot of these folks, there's a they're huge insurance companies, for example, Aetna, the CEO. He's really into meditation and he has classes for his staff, but it, there's a large, and I think this partly what you were alluding to, there's a big distance between him and you know, the thousands and thousands of people that work in his company, whereas 
sounds like you're having a very direct impact on these people. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a much smaller group of 25 as opposed to thousands. So it's definitely, a, it's definitely easier to do. But uh, that would be uh, fantastic if that started to become a norm throughout American society where these big corporations were making this accessible to any person on the totem pole within their organization. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. One day. Yeah. Well, on striving well, for it. Keep informing people and then it will continue to happen. As long yeah. as people keep talking about it, change will happen. So what I, I'm curious, like for you, what would you say would be like maybe some unexpected positive results that you've seen from this and what would be some challenges or unexpected kind of challenges that you've encountered? Um, positives is everything from... Um Overall morale has definitely gone up over the past few months significantly. Can't be just to the less stress and meditation, but I know that has definitely cards at play in that. Mm. Uh, challenges is, you know, I mean, deep down, I would like everybody to do it every day, but I'm also, I'm not a dictator. I'm not going to tell them they have to. Right. So challenges is just like, how do I make it more fun? I mean, I thought of what you just said with, the meditation class and I jotted that down because mm. that could be something that we do here and it's completely voluntary. Right. Okay, like, hey, we're gonna go into the conference room and just do ten minutes and whoever wants to join can join. Yes. That's cool. And yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna do that on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well yeah, yeah, you you can experiment. Yeah. And if nobody shows up, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, well, but yeah. My you... guess is that we'll have, my guess is we'll have a handful of people that go in. And if that, uh, then traction goes from there. Nice. And was it, would you say there's anything in your kind of own personal history that would have suggested that this become a, an important part of your life? Did you, do your parents meditate was there any kind of fa thing in your kind of family culture no not at all it was more of me just reading and self-learning on how i found this also realizing that I, I you know i had a lot of problems before i still have problems today but a lot a lot worse ones of just a few years ago and to be overcoming a lot of those has been great now i have new challenges to work on yeah uh, and uh, i think the main thing is being aware that I have these issues and these failures and these problems were before uh, my ego was definitely a little out of whack thinking that I'm doing everything great and look at this company grow and it's because of me. And now that's, that's, that thought is gone. Mm. If you were to want to recommend for everyone listening, I, a book or some resources, can you, mm -hmm. can you suggest a few that have, have been particularly helpful for you? Well, I mean, the main thing that's been helpful for me on this journey for meditation specifically has just been the guided app meditation of either Headspace or Calm. Without that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be still doing it. it mm. I still use it. Um, I, I now am, am strong enough to where if I don't have it, 
And I just find myself like I was in New Zealand and I, I did a rule where I didn't bring my phone and I checked in and I unplugged for two weeks and trusted my team. And guess what? Everything was fine. And I didn't, mm. I didn't, I came back to a company that was working just fine. First time I did that, it was amazing. Uh, that, and I actually got to completely unplug. It was awesome. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, since I didn't have my phone, you know, I didn't have calm and I found myself mountain biking on this beautiful lake with all these mountains everywhere. And I'm like, I'd like to just kind of take a moment. And I was able to go and just kind of reference my watch and say, I'm going to do 10 minutes and, you know, just did what the app has trained me to do when it comes to focusing on the breath. And I would say that probably I um, just got sidetracked maybe twice, where if I were to try to do that a year and a half ago, I'd been sidetracked probably uh, 60 times, honestly. Mm. So um, I can do it on my own, but I still like to have um, the app there. So it's good to know that I can. As far as uh, resources, Tim Ferriss has a lot of good podcasts about uh, getting into meditation and his routine. He uh, is who got me to start researching stoicism so it was meditation first and stoicism a big part of it like does come into mindfulness and and meditation plays a part and um one of the main things on mindfulness and where stoicism go hand in hand is like not being emotionally erratic Mm. so you know like i was saying before not freaking out thinking the company's going under instead of just looking at us like a car is uh, something that sto- stoicism practices, one of them being where you um, practice wearing the same non-fancy clothes down to just like a basic t-shirt and jeans for um, like a week and where you eat the most affordable food that you can basically buy. It's still healthy. I mean, for me, it's easy because I'm always eating vegetables anyway. Mm. Uh, but eating on a shoestring budget and not doing the things that your lifestyle has accustomed you to. Some people take it as far as actually, you know, um, sleeping in a sleeping bag on their living room floor for a few days. Mm. The point of doing that is like, and meditating while doing it is when you're concerned if you're not going to get this deal or if you're going to lose the client or if something is not going to go the way you thought it would for monetary reasons, while you're practicing living in those kind of situations if that were to happen you're thinking to yourself is this what i so feared yeah but you kind of you realize that like actually a shirt can last really long before it starts smelling as long as you're not working out <laughs> and, and that's right i mean i have a shirt and stuff like that but and uh and food is well, one thing that unfortunately it just cut out a little bit there but can you say the thing about the t-shirt again i i, I think uh, i grokked your meeting meaning but I don't, i'm not sure it totally came through the yeah i was saying that you you uh society well society uh, for some reason there's this unwritten rule in society where a t-shirt has to be washed after every individual use but you'll find that from practicing wearing the same one over the over a period of three to four or five days that that's just completely not true unless you're like working out in it like i was saying you, you then yeah. you should probably have like your own workout shirt i mean you yeah. want to be courteous to people but the whole time you're thinking as you're in these uh, poverty uh, scenarios that you put in your mind into, is this what I so feared? And so when something doesn't go your way, when the economy goes down, when any of those things happen, you don't go to a dark place because yeah. it turns out that the body just needs food, water, and shelter. And yes. you're completely happy without all of those nice things. Yes. 
And that's like practicing that sort of stuff along with meditation allows you to not be emotionally erratic. And I, I don't mean to get too dark here, but, you know, in the recession, you know, you had a lot of people in development and all sorts of industries who who, who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And why did they do that? Well, they they did it because they're so used to this lifestyle and now it was going to be taken away from them. But it doesn't mean their life was taken away from them until they did it themselves. But there right. is no reason for that. If they were to practice mindfulness, if they were to practice stoicism, then that wouldn't have been a that wouldn't have been a place they could have gone to. Mm. So, I like that. I, that's, you know, that's anyways. In a, yeah. the book that ties that together, and as you're asking, is um, letters from Seneca to Lucilius. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a Roman philosopher, um, I believe, in about uh, first century BC. Yes. Yeah. I get I get daily Stoic quotes, and a lot of them are from Seneca, and uh, obviously I've also Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus. I I'm into that. I'm into the Stoicism as well. I I read quite a bit about it, and I I love everything. Yeah, everything you're talking about is hitting my tuning fork in a nice way. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. I would say one, one thing I wanted to add, as you're listening, if some of these things appeal to you, uh, don't worry. All the books that Bud is mentioning, I'm going to hook up in the show notes. I'll also put a couple more in there. Ryan Holiday has a couple good books about it. One is Ego is the Obstacle. Another one is um, The Obstacle is the Way. And I haven't heard of those. Are those they are, uh, Stoicism books? They're Stoicism books. The audiobook versions are published by Tim Ferriss. Uh, as you know, he kind of gets audiobook rights to all sorts of stuff. And mm-hmm. he, he produced the audiobook versions of Ryan Holiday's books, but they're great books. You, given everything we've talked about, you will love them. And yeah. I'll, I'll put them next on the docket. I'm actually. Um, well, I got mindful work in those two. I'll get those uh, read by the end of March for sure, unless one of them is 580 pages no, or something. No, no, they're, they're, nice, they're nice, tight little volumes. They're perfect. Okay, and, well, for you listeners out there, sorry about the Seneca book, but it is not small. But it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but that, it. that one, Marcus Aurelius's, Medi- Marcus Aurelius, his Meditations is another good one. Um, yeah, that one is a good one. It's right. It's his personal mm-hmm. journal to himself. Sure. So it's very. And he must have been doing something right, you know, being kind of widely known as the Rome's best emperor. Yes, totally. And you know, you were mentioning all of these sort of, uh, uh, well, you call them stoic practices or a, a, almost like asceticism. One thing I do, which comes from. Have you heard of Wim Hof? I haven't. Okay, so Wim Hof is this Dutch guy, and he's very into, he has a, a meditation technique that's called the Wim, Wim Hof Method. Pa- pairs well with Stoicism, but it's basically cold exposure and oh, uh, yes. breathing. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, so it's familiar. I do his kind of cold immersion stuff, so I take cold showers every day, and you know I do that right now and that's my next journey i think i that (laughs) that one takes a bit i've been i i did it once and i was like oh my god i need to i i need to just really commit i need to block i need to write it down on a calendar that this is going to happen 
just like it, I did it, with like wearing the same t-shirts and stuff. And I just yeah. need to do it. And it's not for everyone. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's just like, and, and for me anyways, it's taken a long time. I've eased into it and now I, I can kind of go in there and kind of shout out my inspirations and then jump in the shower and kind of, you know, I've learned that now my body is actually adapted to it and it doesn't, it's, it is absolutely not the same experience as when I started. I can, I can sit there in a cold shower, very, very, very kind of New England freezing cold water shower in the winter and, and be okay and not have my cortisol kick in. I can just be there. I can be relaxed, which is a big, big part of the practice is you get in there and, you know, use your breathing and just be cool. No pun intended. And (laughs) that's the point. But anyways, I, I, I think we should wrap up. I think, Bud, you've given us, everybody, a lot of cool things to think about and, and a lot of interesting resources also to, that you shared, I think are, are really going to be uh, interesting for people to follow up with. And uh, I just want to yeah, say, so great. And thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for reaching out to me over LinkedIn and, um, I'm thrilled we got a chance to do this and also find all these kind of connection points. Yeah, agreed. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Morgan. Yeah. And um, I will. Uh, so, if people want to be in touch with you, bud, if they want to learn more about what you're doing, how, 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 what, how can people get, how can people follow up? Um, I'm really active on LinkedIn, um, personally. Uh, Bud Torkum. Um, I'm the only Bud Torkum on there and the only Bud Torkum on Facebook if you want to find me there. Nice. Um, email bud at Mazama Media is good as well. And um, if you want to look us up and call the office and just talk to me about it, I'm I, I'm not a, the kind of guy that goes, no, I, I'll totally talk to you. If, you. if you ask for Bud, then my assistant knows that you're not trying to sell me anything. Um, yeah. Because my formal name's Edward, so when people call and ask for Edward, we know that they're trying to sell me something so they don't get through. Good move. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. And um, and your business website is mazamamedia.com? Dot com. All right. So I'm gonna, I'll link all of that up in the show notes, everybody, so you can follow up. Fantastic. All right. Awesome, bud. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the One Mind Meditation Podcast with Bud Torkum. And if you want to learn more about Bud's work, head on over to aboutmeditation.com and check out the show notes for this episode. And also, if you're inspired by the podcast, why don't you consider leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes? That is the single biggest way you can support us and help other meditators discover our show. So you can just head over to iTunes and look up One Mind and leave us a rating and a review. If you do that, I'll be very grateful. So let's end with a quote. And this one is from the Rigpa Glimpse of the Day, and it goes like this. Renunciation has both sadness and joy in it. Sadness because you realize the futility of your old ways, and joy because of the greater vision that begins to unfold when you're able to let go of them. This is no ordinary joy. It is a joy that gives birth to a new 
and profound strength, a confidence, an abiding inspiration that comes from the realization that you are not condemned to your habits, that you can indeed emerge from them, and that you can change and grow more and more free.